welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast, episode number four. Joining me is Phil. Hey Phil. Hey, how you doing? Not too bad. And we've got an um, interview with Cutler coming up later on as well, um, which should be pretty interesting. Yeah, so that's going to carry on from the uh, last week's discussion with Peter and Paulus about the floor plan. Yeah, thanks for jumping on and doing that that episode it's been a bit of a disorganized week so we're pretty much here thanks to you <laughs> that's all right it was very enjoyable for me it was a great discussion with carlo yeah we definitely have to get people like him on more regularly and you know, anyone that's listening if you i think you're into podcasting and you've got you know something that you feel like you could contribute you're more than welcome to put your hand up and say hey talk to me well i was talking about contributions um as we mentioned in the last show um uh, questions for Paulus. um We'll have him back on in uh, a month or so once we've got some questions in. And you can email uh, feedback at aspodcast.io, which is feedback at h-a-s-podcast.io um, if you have questions, and I'll add them to the list. That's actually been a great episode, I think. Yeah, we've actually been getting one or two items of feedback um, per show, uh, which I've been replying to. Um, oh, I need great. to post them into the podcast channel, but it's been... You know, can I have a link to this, or can you send me your config for this, or what about doing this, or just, you know, hey, I'm enjoying the podcast, <laughs> so it's kind of nice. One of the big things that's happened in the community this week is that, oh, in the last week or so, is that we switched to Discord from Gitter. Yeah, so I was actually amazed at how quickly everyone had uh, switched over. I woke up, because uh, obviously I'm in Australia, so time sounds a bit different for me, but I woke up 7am uh, and... There was a, a message to say we've switched over to Discord, and I jumped on, and everyone was already there. It was amazing. Well, apart from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were you were still sleeping for a week. Yeah, you guys were going, uh, where's Dan? Because we're having all this conversation about the podcast, and he's not here. I think that's the busiest the podcast channel's ever been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was when I wasn't around. I don't know. Yeah, don't quite know how I missed that. But yeah, if you're listening to this, and you're wondering where everyone's gone, that's where they've gone. And there's a um a link which we will include which you'll be able to click and enter to Discord. Very easy to set up. Seems to be the way things are going. Mm, definitely. Which is hard for people like me who are in so many different communities that I have Slack and Gitter and Discord and <laughs> IRC and Facebook groups and uh <laughs> Too many messages. Yeah, there's not just one place for everything, which means that you do what I do and you mute everything except for m your mentions in the channels. And then you miss things like <laughs> everybody leaving. So this week there was a, uh, a good article I saw on the Home Assistant uh, Twitter uh, by Sean. He's actually doing a talk at the Open West Conference, which I think is in the States. Um, and it was on um, open source and home automation. And it was a, a great introduction to Home Assistant. So... I think uh, if anyone's listening and they're just getting started with Home Assistant, go check out that article because it's a great, uh, great for beginners to take a look at, you know, understanding Home Assistant. Because I know, you know, the Home Assistant documentation uh, can be sort of uh, very technical, but this is a straightforward walkthrough. So I thought that was a, a great article shared yeah. by uh, the guys on the Twitter. We do kind of jump into things. Maybe we need to do a, you know, how to get started. That might be a good episode to do with Ben from Pro Automation. Mm. He's, he's, I think he's restarted his environment a couple of times. <laughs> so Ben, if you're listening, come sign up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good to see Home Assistant getting some coverage and especially, you know, being talked about at conferences. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the more the more, you know, it can the community can be talked about, the more people will come along and it just the better it'll get. That's exactly right. Um zero point four eight was released since the podcast last time. We we talked about it a bit, but there's a couple of little things that we didn't talk about that snuck in somehow without us spotting them. <laughs> they always do. Oh yes. So Snips AI. Yeah. The, um they actually uh, interesting. Of, yeah, they uh, came out of nowhere. Um so they are a I guess they're a startup. I'm not too sure I haven't looked too far into them, but they're um basically claiming to be a build it yourself, Amazon Alexa, Google Home. You can just mm. run it on a Raspberry Pi. Um and it they uh, actually contributed their own uh, component to Home Assistant, so that's available in 048 as well. So if you've got a spare Pi around and you've got a USB microphone and you want to activate your own home voice controller without needing the cloud, then I would suggest taking a look. There is um, a slight issue with it at the moment for Home Assistant users. Um, if you're using MQTT, uh, Snips has its own MQTT broker that it needs to use. I th- believe they're working on it, so hopefully they'll fix that soon and everyone can just use their own MQTT broker and plug that into Snips. But that looks uh, really promising, actually. Yeah, and yeah, going on for what we talked about last week with people, you know, that one of the good things about Home Assistant is it's local. So being able to do your voice processing locally and not, you know, bringing, you know, Big Brother into your home exactly. with, you know microphones that can hear everything that's going on in your house. Is, Plus it would suck yeah, if you just asked step. Alexa for the lights and the internet's down. And although the only response you get is, sorry, yes. I'm having trouble doing that right now. Yes. Um, mine actually is still not connected to the internet. So every time someone says Alexa or Alexis and, you know, vague presence, says, sorry, I can't connect to the internet. <laughs> Oops. So it's um, stopped us from ordering some random stuff off Amazon in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like it. And also uh, the new Z-Wave entity IDs uh, that came out with 047, they're actually on by default now. So if you are upgrading to 048 and you haven't, if you're like me and haven't gone through all your devices yet and switched them over to the new entities, you better just flick that switch in the config before booting up 048. Absolutely. Um, And upcoming on 4.9... 4.9, 0.49. Yeah, so we're halfway through already for 0.49. So mm. I took a quick squiz at the uh, what's coming in and um, Slack Messenger, uh, Simeo, I hope I pronounced that correctly, he's actually contributed the ability for files to be uploaded to Slack Messenger. So that's coming in the next release. Yeah. And I thought uh, a bit of a left field one from Pierre was a uh, one-time password generator for Home Assistant. So if you've got uh, two-factor authentication, like a, a Google Authenticator app on your phone or LastPass Authenticator, Home Assistant can now generate those tokens for you. I like it. I'm personally not 100% sure what you would use that for. Maybe there's an automated way to log into a server that needs it, but I, I thought that was really cool that Home Assistant's getting like you know some interesting components like mm. that. So it just gives you a widget in the UI with all your one-time passwords? Yeah, if I understand it correctly, yeah, that that will be it. We'll just like a little card in the UI, and the little token will be there where you need it. I like that, and the fact that that would mean that all the uh, seeds for the one-time passwords would be in Git, 
Yes. Um, yeah, because I have my, my Git repo and then I have my secrets in its own repo um, and it's kind of handy. So that would actually be kind of cool. Mm. I thought that was very interesting. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Very left field. Yeah. And of course, on the next episode, we'll do a full rundown of 0.49. Oh, I'm sure there's many big things to come. All right. And with that, I think we will um, lead into our interview. Yeah, so it was a great chat with Carlo talking about the floor plan, so I hope you enjoy. Okay, today I'm joined by Carlo Costanzo. <laughs> Costanzo. Costanzo. Sorry, my <laughs> accent. No worries. Names. Um, and you're in Florida, is that right? I am based in Florida, yep. East Coast. Nice one. East Coast. Okay. So last week on the episode, we had um, Peter from Melbourne and... Uh, Polis, the creator of Home Assistant, talking about uh, Peter's floor plan that he created. And Carlo, you've taken that to the next level, if I understand correctly. I'm trying. I'm definitely trying to push it as far as I can. Um, Peter created just an awesome framework that sits on top of Home Assistant, obviously. And uh, I mean, I'll give you the full story. So all of this, it's perfect timing. It all came about because I just built a brand new security system. So I had this, I have this house and I have all these wires connected to the windows and doors and I didn't have like ADT or Brinks or like a, a proper security system, um, but all the wiring was there. So I searched and searched and searched and I finally figured out that like I would just replace it all with some node MCUs. So at the end of the day, it was three node MCUs, um, all wired to all these windows and doors and you open doors and the, you know, the, the MQT triggers it and it, it all sensors yep. great. And it's about 17 zones. So my old interface was just all the text, like, like everybody has. And yeah. The standard was, home assistant. It was no good. And, yep. <laughs> it was, no, it was about two pages to figure out if my window was open. And, yep. Yep. And I did, I did have voice. So voice was pretty good because it still did the text to speech. But so literally when I finished the security system, Peter released his floor plan. It was absolutely perfect timing. Perfect timing. And, and, and visually it's the perfect thing for an alarm system. I mean, for my case, it's, it's absolutely perfect because I have a nice floor plan. I have all these blue windows and doors. Somebody opens up a window immediately. It turns red visually. It's, you can just absorb all that information very quickly. Absolutely. That would be so much easier for, you know, guests or other users of the house to be able to interface with the house and interact with yeah. other parts of the house. So that was because you cool. don't want to have to, yeah, you don't have to teach someone how to control your smart home. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was the next piece is sort of my parents coming over and they watch the kids. I have a, a, yep. 10, and, a 10 and a 13 year old. So, so they've, they've taken to it pretty quickly. It is, it is amazing. I don't know what kind of experience you've had in your household, but it's, it's absolutely amazing how my family has just taken to it. I mean, there are instances when it goes down and just everybody sits in the dark because nobody wants to get up and touch a light switch anymore. It's just, oh, that's great. It's, we're completely dependent on it now. So you're running uh, the floor plan through some tablets. Is that right? So I did. So that was the next piece. So we have this, we had this great interface built, um, you know, I, I enlisted a friend who's, who does some graphics and he helped with the visuals and he really did a sharp job with that dark theme. It's something I could yeah, do. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Yeah. So, so the next piece was to bring it onto a tablet so that, because really I had these, this was a true replacement for my alarm system. So we had, 
I had two alarm panels, you know, those old standard alarm panels with the buttons and you yep. know, you walk in the door, it starts beeping, you hit a bunch of codes. So I, I pulled them off. So I have, have spots right in one in my bedroom, one in the sort of entryway. So I said, let's, let's put it on a, a tablet. And Amazon has those fire, fire tablets for 50 bucks and they work perfect. So there's, there's floor plan. And then there's another open source project called wall panel, which is just a normal, it's just a normal Android app. They, they have you know, an APK that you can, you don't have to jailbreak. You don't have to root your, your device or anything. You just load it up. And what it does is it gives you full screen kiosk mode for the fire tablet. Oh, great. So if, and if so you reboot I think it, if yeah, so no root required or anything. Because I, I think getting root on an, like one yeah. of those fire tablets can be pretty pain in the ass. Yeah, that's one thing I didn't want to do. I didn't want to root it and I didn't want to have to like, I know you, I think you can like upload custom, you know, firmwares or ROMs. Yeah. I just didn't want to do any of that. So it was, this was really great. Yeah, this wall panel. It does two things. It it runs full screen, and it and when the you know when the tablet boots up, it goes right into it. It goes right to the page, and then additionally, I just started rolling this piece out. Additionally, it takes all the sensors of your Fire Tablet and makes it MQTT aware. Oh so, wow! So now I use the camera. So there's a camera on the Fire OS. So yep. normally it's locked. You walk up to it. It the camera sees you. It lights up. The floor pan, the floor panel there. Behind the scenes, it sends an, uh, it sends uh, a motion sensor. You know, it triggers the motion sensor. So I get, I guess, I get this additional motion sensor activity. And then there's charging and battery. So I bought these these magnetic USB um, chargers, kind of like I don't know if you're familiar with the MacBook. You know how the MacBook you can just yeah, like, they just yeah snap just right in. Slide on. Yep. Same thing for the Fire OS. So. I have this mount. You can just pull the tablet right out. It clicks right off. I get the MQTT sensor, so the house can the house knows that the tablet's sort of on the move. And oh uh, wow, yeah, and you start so building it, some, it knows some automation. Right away. Yeah, yeah. Someone's using that tablet elsewhere. That's great. Yeah, and there's Alexa on it too. So the house, my house is we have we have dots and echoes and uh, yep. wands. We have everything all over the place. So this is just another, it's another piece for Alexa. So if it's, it's handy in the bedroom where if you don't want to scream or whatever, you can just kind of walk over to it, press the button, tell it to turn the lights off or kick some script off or whatever it is. Yep. Um, and all of that of course is connected to the emulated hue, which is another just phenomenal HA component. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey everyone. I just wanted to take a minute to talk about the Eufy video lock. It's a smart lock that's really easy to set up with just a Phillips screwdriver and no extra drilling. It's got a keyless entry, so you don't need to worry about fumbling with the keys when your hands are full. Also, you don't need to worry about handing out extra keys when you're in a pinch, your kids losing them, or people copying the key and passing it around to each other. Something else I like about the Eufy Video Lock is that it has a camera built in and it works as a doorbell as well. Personally, I think the Eufy video lock is great for apartments or cottages where you can't necessarily add extra holes for a video doorbell. My favorite part about it though is that there isn't a monthly fee and your recordings are locally stored, so you don't have to worry about someone else owning your doorbell data. You can find it on Amazon, or if you want to know more, search Eufy video lock, that's E-U-F-Y video lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. 
So tell me how you got started with the uh, floor plan. What was your first step? I think uh, reading your blog post, you used um, a mobile floor planner app. Is that right? Yeah. So there's this. There's an iOS app, and, I, and there's we're an iOS household for the most part. So there, it's, there's an iOS app, and I think there is an also there is also an Android app called uh, Magic yeah, Plan. Yeah, I've got the Android one running on my uh, Google Pixel. Super easy to use. It uses the camera. You walk around your house. You pick out the corners and. You know, you just basically just, you know, you're clicking corners and doors and ceiling heights and things like that. And it builds this whole floor plan. Four bucks later, you get an SVG, which is exactly what you need for floor yeah. plan. So you paid the $4 to get the floor plan. <laughs> I did. And yep, yeah, yep, yeah, makes sense. And then you just, so once you got that SVG, did you have, uh, was it what you see now? Or did you have to then get it like skinned or to get the dark theme? No, no, no. So, yeah, I posted some early, like, if you go on my Twitter feed, I had yep. some early shots of, like, the ones that I built, which were, they were white, they were sort of, um, so they were based off the, the model. So, Peter put together a good samples SVG, and mm -hmm. once you kind of see something, or for me, once I see something, and then I kind of, I'm not good at necessarily creating from scratch, but I can definitely take other people's things and, and, and try to push them. So, so I, I got stuck on that white theme, and... Uh, and I built a, I built a, I built a, a I, I think it's a pretty nice interface with the white theme. <laughs> but then my friend looked at it and he said, yeah, this is horrible. <laughs> let's, let's give you, uh, let's give you something much nicer. Because especially when you start thinking of the, the, the tablet, that, that's really what it comes to. The tablet has a nice thick black frame. So having yes. everything dark theme makes a lot of sense. And then because it's on the wall in the bedroom, also having a dark theme makes a lot of sense um, just from, from light levels and things like that. So there was a there was a lot of little things that I didn't think of. I was more looking at that back end. I don't have that aesthetic eye that, that my friend had. So we built that out, and it was very useful to have the, the 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 security project behind me because that was sort of the driver. We knew we had to show the windows, and 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 the windows and doors just did not fit in the old interface. I mean, the HA interface is nice, but I have I don't know if you look at my repo. I have a lot of devices. I have 90, 100 devices. I have about 60 light bulbs. I have switches everywhere. And there's, there's so many cards that you can have before it yeah. gets too cluttered. And and it's fine for me, but no one else in the house wants to use it. <laughs> and this was, yeah. this was definitely something noise. I wanted to mount on the wall. And I wanted to... So voice is great. I think voice is a, just a wonderful interface. Um, it really is, but... But for the security system, it, it worked out perfect. It's, it's a great visual. We look at it. I look at it probably every day, obviously. But, but right before you go to sleep, you just kind of get a quick glance, make sure no windows are open, make sure no doors are open, make sure there's no red on the screen, basically. Yeah. Um, so it's interactive? Or well, what do you control through the tablet? Is it just a visual to see all the doors and windows are shut? Or can you go up and, you know, tap a light and have the lights turn on or make the TV turn on? Yeah. So it's fully interactive. Um, there's, you have the choice, the way Peter built the program, you have the choice to give actions to clicks. So basically you have, you have an SVG model, you have all these different objects inside of it. The objects will get pinned, um, to HA objects, and then you can like a light or a switch, and then you could give it an actual toggle. So when you click it, you can have it toggle basically. So turn on, turn off. So for me, I use, I have the lights so we can touch the lights. We have some of our switches. Um, we have some of our groups, so there's like living room and kitchen, the big ones that people would walk by. We have a, we have a, we use a, a, 
we have a whole house surround town, so we use a house station, which is basically just a streaming music station. Um, so nor normally we would say, Alexa, turn on the house station. And what that would do is it would just turn on an input Boolean, and then all of a sudden music would start playing through the house and outside and things like that. So that's great. So that's what this, this was another button we just stuck on there because it's also a, a good visual. You can see what apps are, what, you know, sort of not apps, but what scripts are running and things. Yep, yep. And obviously you've got, uh, I can see here you've got uh, who's home, who's not home, if the alarm's on. Yeah, we've got that. We have we have the weather. So so what what we, I some of the automations I built, so I have I have an automation for the, for the security system that basically if any of the doors are open for more than four minutes, four or five, I think it's four or five minutes. Um, yep. We turn off the air conditioners, <laughs> so we live in Florida. Yeah, I have the same rule. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. All right, so we, so what we do is, so we now, so now we do two things. So we, we, we turn off the air conditioner, and then we do a voice announcement over the house, so over the speakers, which we have Chromecast all, all around the house. So over those speakers, it'll say, "I've noticed that the the main slider is open because that's the one the kids leave open all the time." So yep. I notice the main slider is open. Uh, I'm turning off the air conditioner. <laughs> enjoy the fresh air this is what it says actually <laughs> <laughs> so, so because of that <laughs> a good way to teach the kids to shut the door behind them i guess yeah 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 and also sometimes and sometimes legitimately we want to you know we want to open the windows soon once the summer's over the, the weather should get really nice um, yep. and then we'll want to open them and, and then we have nest thermostats that kind of take care of everything but it was it's kind of a pain in the neck to either pull your phone out or go to home assistant or go to the actual nests and turn it off so exactly that was another reason i put all the the temperature stuff on there the idea behind it would would be someone my wife or my kids can look at the at the the floor plan see the both the humidity and the temperature outside and if it makes sense if it's nicer outside than it is inside, it is inside open yeah. some windows so I kind of want to I kind of want to train or bait people into better behaviors in the house. So that that was part of the visualization of some of this as well. Cuz you can have Alexa or you know in our case we use Google's Polly. So we can have Polly talk, the house can talk to us and give us suggestions, but I wanted this sort of I feel like these visuals. That's where I feel like Nest does a really good job with like their leaf and things like that where it sort of tries to change people's behavior to kind of turn you know, turn down the air conditioner and things like that. I kind of don't want to mimic some of that, where if you saw the weather, if you see that it's nicer outside, go ahead and open a window. <laughs> and then let home shut off the air con so we'll and do everything for you. Yeah. What was that? That's That's fantastic. So, yeah, just let, like, you know, if you want to, if it's nicer outside, just let home assistant close, like, open the door, let home assistant shut off the air con for you and just sit back and relax. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then the other nice thing, the other thing, the other unintended thing that I didn't expect, but I've noticed sometimes the, the, the automations misfire. So we have a lot of light bulbs. We have, like I said, I have almost like 60 light bulbs all over the place. Some of them just don't turn off. They're GE. I have a mixture between, I have some Z-Wave light bulbs. I have a lot of Hue light bulbs and I have a lot of GE link light bulbs. And sometimes they just, they just go out of sync. So the floor plan is always correct. So even though I think the automation may have turned off the, the front lights, for instance, front lights for, every, for whatever reason don't get turned off on occasion, I can quickly look here. I see that they're on. I tap them. They turn off in the morning. So that's been, that's been another handy thing. It's amazing how, how much information you can squeeze onto, onto a, a little tablet. You know what I mean? From a, from a visual perspective. 
So how many tablets have you got around the house? We only have one so far. So I bought the one. I'm re there was a little deal for 25 bucks. So the one I got for 50 was the generation seven. They had generation sixes out for about 25 bucks. And it was a, one of those one day whoop deals. And I, I didn't do it. I'm probably going to do it if it comes up again and buy a couple more. But I really, what I really wanted to see was I wanted to see how people would use, how people, how, how my family would use the yeah. one tablet. Because voice is our primary mechanism for automation. So, so the goal, my goal is for the house to truly be automated. I, I feel like we shouldn't have to interact with the system much. So I try to learn the routines. We try to have motion sensors. We have things like that. So that the house and the automations, they just work behind the scenes and then yep, voice. Adapt. Yeah. And then voice just becomes for override, right? If the lights turn off when they shouldn't have, then you can tell the house to kind of turn, you know, you say, Alexa, turn back on the light. So that's that override. And I, I'm trying to see if this screen is similar, if it's really for override. It's definitely for security. So it's definitely just to quickly see what windows are open and what windows are closed and doors and garage doors and things like that. But, um, and if that, if it turns out that, it, that that's the only use case, then I'll probably just get to, I'll just replace where those other panels were. Yep. Yep. But if it, so do you it, have them in the bedroom or near the entry? I, I have one, that's exactly where I have it. I have one in the bedroom and one right at the entry. So sort of before you go to bed, you take a quick look. And then before you leave the house, before you walk out the door, you take a quick look. And it, the one, the one right before the door is probably the most important because I have a bunch of automations. We have this, we have this sleep IQ bed, super cool. It's got pressure sensors on it. So it knows when we're in bed, it knows left and right. So, so when, right. so we have this great automation, it's super satisfying, Phil. It's like you, you, when you both lay down in bed and all the lights turn off, there's nothing better. It's just, you just start seeing the whole house sort of go into this no, nighttime was... mode. Yeah. It's super yeah. cool. So, so one of the things it does is it also does a quick check. So part of the nighttime routine, when it sees us both in bed, it will, it will just go through the whole house. It does a quick little check and sees if any windows are open, sees if any doors are open, if any of the garage doors are open. And if anything is, we would get a voice alert. So it would, it would pipe in over the speakers and say, hey, you know, this door's open, that door's open, go close it. Um, but walking out the house by that, that door, by the time it does the check, we're usually in the car, we're, we're already leaving. So I feel like the one at the door is probably going to be the most important um, because you'll, with you'll look at it. Yeah, a lot of presence detections you have, uh, you consider home time. So you might have yes. to be disconnected from the Wi-Fi for an hour before the house realizes you're not home anymore. And if you're gone for an hour, then you're already at work or halfway down the freeway before you realize, oh, I left the garage door open. That would yeah. be very annoying. Yeah, and that's and that's that's exactly what it is. We have iOSs in the house for the most. All of our phones are iOS, so um, so we have we have that considered home for about fifteen minutes. So. It's a good 20 minutes before the house realizes that we're gone, um, just because those things fall asleep all the time. We tried to lower it, but it was just kicking off all the time. And yeah, um, but now it's interesting. I'm trying to I'm trying to work out the logic with the doors because there's certain doors that you you know you sort of open the kitchen. There's an interior kitchen door, then there's a garage door, and then there's an actual garage door. So I'm trying to work out some routines to figure out if I can predict us leaving. You know what I mean? So if I see the, if so I see the interior the doors, right. If yeah. I see them go in succession, I have to figure out a way to sort of trap that, capture that, and then see if I can't, um, you know, predict that, that we've left. Uh, 
We'll see. There's yeah, a, there was a a Reddit post I read where um someone was discussing uh where you could set up uh, two uh, sensors next to each other and you could track the direction someone was going and then if the two sensors uh went off in succession, you knew someone was going into the room. But then if it was the opposite uh, sensors that went off, you knew someone was leaving the room. I think it was like a like a, the a infrared bee in the hive side of sort of um, tracking. So then you could count the number of people in the room based on how many, like which sensors had gone off in which order. Yeah. It gets tricky when you have multiple entrances and exits. Yeah, you know? exactly. But... But, but yeah, that is, I mean, that's the goal. The goal is like this in-room sort of real presence detection to, to figure out, um, you know. I mean, the good thing is even, thankfully, you know, the way, the way Home Assistant is built and the way sort of all, the, all of this stuff is built, even if we're on the freeway and we get that alert an hour later that the garage door is open, we can remotely close it. So that's pretty handy. We can't lock doors yet, but it's pretty much the garage door is the thing that, that, that we're always afraid to leave open. Cameras are next. Floor plan does a really nice job for cameras. So that was, so getting back to your, your original question, as far as interaction, I think one of the things Peter did really, really well is he gave you the ability to turn lights on and off or toggle switches, but mm-hmm. he also gives the ability to just click on objects and then pull up the native home assistant card. So for instance, our, our nest. So there's no toggling on or off. So if you click on, or if I click on the temperature, it'll just pull up the full Nest card, and I can switch the, you know, I can change the temperature, I can change things. The same thing would work with the cameras. If you clicked on a camera, you'd get that full live feed that you would normally get in HA. I think it's really smart. He doesn't have to reinvent the wheel. Exactly, and I think that's one of the things um, Polis was saying last week, is that this is someone really using uh, Polymer and the, the vision they had for the front end. Because now, you know, in a couple of releases time, there could be a whole new component and it's already going to work with floor plan because it's already based on the native home assistant front end. You can just pull up the card and whatever it's using, it could be a, a new remote control like Harmony or whatever, it will work straight out of the box. Yeah, which is exciting. I mean, it's great because you can, I mean, that's what I love about home assistant is you can you can just buy all of these different gadgets and technologies and Without Home Assistant, you know, I, I would have to have 11 different apps on my phone to control. They all don't <laughs> talk to each other. Yeah, nothing talks to each other. And sometimes it's, it's, it's multiple apps just for the same living room, you know, just for one room. So trying, yeah. to, trying to show anybody that was just, would just never work. So Home Assistant, I feel, is like this baseline glue that just glues it all together. It, it, it does this level of abstraction between hardware and software, sort of the brains and the hardware that I think is great. So I've used it. I try to use it just to its fullest. Um, I wish I could program. That's my only, <laughs> I wish I could, I try to contribute documentation wise and I, I try to be active in the forums and the, and the, and the chat, but, but, uh, and that's, that's the only way, that's the only way I can really give back. You know, my repo yeah. is my, the way I give back. I, I wish I could program. Exactly. Cause a lot of people, they can't code. Like I'm not very good with Python. I've tried to contribute a couple of things and you know, same as you contribute where I can like documentation or in the forums and that's the great thing about the community as well, just everyone helping each other out where they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and it's it's you know, there's there's just there's so many different disciplines within the community, it's pretty great, you know. So your uh, floor plan config, is that in your repo as well? It is. If anyone so, wants to check it out, that's yep. fantastic. And it's and, and also the images is there as well. So if you wanted to tackle that dark theme, you know, it's grouped pretty well. It was built in Illustrator, so it's pretty well yep. organized, it's pretty well documented. 
you can load it up either if you have Illustrator or you can load it up in Inks, uh, Inks, Inkspace? Inks, Inkspace. I think that's the one. Inkscape. Yeah. Inkscape. So you can load up in Inkscape and it'll just, you'll see all the objects and you can just, the way it's built, you can pull out just the, the, the floor plan and put your own in and then sort of just go with the same colors. Most of it's stylized. Most of it, that's another nice thing is most of it is, is in CSS. So the, the, the actual image itself, all the objects are there, but all the color schemes, all of that's just in CSS. So it should be, if you mimic a lot of the classes, you should be able to reproduce a good amount of the, of the theme uh, in your own. So that's cool. We just, that's fantastic. I just had a little quick chat with Peter and he was, I'm not again, CSS is not my sort of bag of tricks either, but he was kind of showing me, I've been trying to push it, push it, push it. Cause primarily you would do a lot of the floor plan stuff with groups. So you'd say, all right, all my lights, I want them to turn yellow when they're on and you know, gray when they're off. But, and that's all done through CSS. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to target individual things individually without breaking them out into groups. So he, he was kind enough to show me how to do this and we did some tests and it worked. So what I've been doing now is there's some, there's this cool transform without getting too technical. Although last week was very technical. So I don't feel bad jumping into some of these technical details, <laughs> but in, in CSS, there's this great transform option that kind of lets you transform some of the, the paths and sort of do some cool, you know, sort of little animations and things. So one of the things I'm doing now is I'm reworking all the doors. So when a door actually opens, you see it swing open. So it's, I'm going to change right now. I was changing oh, just wow. the color. I was going from blue to red, but now I'm going to transform that object. And, and so it'll go to from make it look like vertical a to door horizontal. Line. Yeah. 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 So it'll just open right up. So that's kind of neat that you can target individually. I was worried Previously, I thought I would have to create a bunch of groups like, you know, left, left door, right door, you know, and, and it's up and down and there's, there's different ways. So I, I, I was really, I was like, oh, I just don't know if I can do this. And he was like, no, I think we can target it individually. And we did those tests and I'm like, this is great. This is just absolutely great. So you can go, you can go as nutty as you want. You can hide objects and it looks like a lot of this, the power of CSS is there. So I just love it. I just... It's my new favorite thing. You know, my, my last favorite thing was teaching the house to talk. So once, once, once we figured out, once I figured out sort of this text to speech, I spent all day just thinking of things to make this, this house say, right. It's, it's tracking astronauts and people in space and moons and whatever, whatever components were out there. I said, Oh, I'm definitely going to have the house just say it on occasion. And, uh, it's pretty good. So if you find I, the, uh, text to speech a bit, uh, interruptive, if you're you know, watching TV and then all of a sudden you'll get a text-to-speech announcement in the middle of it? Yeah, so we do have some pretty definitive rules. So, you know, we don't let it talk. Um, we, don't let it, we don't let it normally talk from 9 a.m. to about 7 p.m. or 8 p.m., so sort of mm-hmm. sunrise to sunset for us. Um, so, so we have those rules. We have other rules that if, if, if music is playing, it doesn't necessarily break in because I, I would – I don't know. There, there are times I would have it break in. I wish – I wish I could figure out a way to like mix it in. That would just be amazing. Right? I would love to. I would love to have. I would love to have a smaller tone. I mean, I'm, I'm considering rolling out multiple speakers just for the notifications because some of them are important, some of them not so important. But you know, people arriving and doors opening and things like that. I feel like I want to know about them. But it hasn't been. I think my kids. My kids are kind of used to it. I don't know. No one's. No one's really complained. I think they notice when it's not there. So. 
when we're opening doors or we're leaving garage door open and then the thing, the house doesn't say anything, everyone seems to notice. So I feel like that's a good sign. Um, that yeah, they, that they everyone's used to it. Yeah, they're used to it. They're almost dependent on it, which is nice that there's this like... And comfortable with it. Yeah. And, and I'm pretty sure you can ask either one of my kids how many people are in space and they'll give you the right answer. It's <laughs> just through osmosis. Just it's just <laughs> subliminal learning. <laughs> I'm trying to think of new ways to, you know, one of my favorite, my absolute favorite animations is, uh, or automations rather, is um, we have a chore automation, and what it is, my kids, we have they have chores, so I have, I have two, I have a boy and a girl, and what they do is they they trade every day. So one day my son has to do the chores, you know. Do, clear the table, take the garbage out, things like that. And then the next day, my daughter did. So for the longest, because they're 10 and 13, they argue all the time. And for the longest, they were like, well, it's not my day, it's his day, it's her day. And then me and my wife would have to sort of figure out, we'd backtrack, I don't know, what did we do yesterday? We went out. Right back this, the calendar. And... Yeah, it was this whole thing. So I built this great automation now that you they just say, Alexa, turn on responsibilities. It flips one of the Booleans. It goes through, does the math figures out whose day it is, and it says, today is your day to do the chores, and today's the garbage day, so make sure you take out the garbage. And what we found, what both me and my wife found, is we're out of the conversation now. So we see them. They don't know whose day it is. They just ask Alexa. It's completely natural to them. It's like a, You've automated your children. It's a third parent is what we call it. It's the, <laughs> and it's the definitive voice. So even if, even if everyone in the house thinks that it's my son's day, if Alexa says... Alexa doesn't lie. It's my daughter's. She's the, she's the, over, she's the rule. So it's just been... A, it, we, 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 we talk about it. We laugh about it in, in, in the house because, you know, you see, like, you see the kids growing up. They, they, they're just... It's completely natural for them to talk to a robot. It's uh, and get this answer. I mean, it's a whole philosophical thing about you know voice assistants and sort of the technology that they're growing up with. I'm in technology for for a career, so I'm very very comfortable with it. I, I embrace mm. it. I, I try to bring it in the house as much as I can. But it's interesting to see the rest of the family, and they're not in technology. My wife, my kids, they're not. So it's it's interesting to see what takes hold and what falls flat. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Carlo, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, I'm sure you've inspired a lot of people with your floor plan. Um, and so it's all on your GitHub, oh, sorry, not GitHub, on your GitHub repo and all on your Twitter, I can see as well, and blog. You've done well. So thank you for sharing. Thank you very much. Yeah, this was great. All right. Thank you very much, Phil. Thank you. All right, and that's actually about all we've got. So once again, thanks very much, Phil, for doing that awesome interview. No problem. I hope everyone enjoyed it. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with 0.49 and a yet-to-be-determined focus topic. So you're going to have to tune in to see what that is. See you next time. Cheers.